0: One. all right sports dev welcome everyone today we have one of our special guests uh a friend of mine as well mike fister is in the building mike welcome sir thank you for coming on and uh mike is for those of you who chose not to read the introduction mike is a former senior manager at fifa for development and um, with the world cup coming up he's going to just chat with me the way we typically chat <laughs> off camera about um, about the World Cup and, uh, and Qatar and all the blessings and issues and and everything. So, Mike, welcome again.
1: Boom! Thank you very much. Very pleased to be here. Uh, I think we've been doing this a couple of uh, a couple of times, and it's always it's always a great it's always a great discussion because it's uh, it's gloves off. Um, just two two old friends talking about, uh, you know, the beautiful game, something that has kept us connected uh, over, uh, over the past decade. So very much looking forward to this
0: talk. 100%. So, so Mike, let's uh, let's jump in. The, 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 ve- the venue for this World Cup, Qatar. Um, I'm sure you've been seeing a lot of the messages. I mean, how, how do you host a World Cup without giving people the ability to get drunk, um you know the beer sales are limited um if you do want to go i think they have a designated area for people to go and drink um correct me if i'm wrong my interpretation of the world cup is it's a global party it's it's, it's people from all over the world coming there's a liberal open environment have fun watch football interact that's what it's about it doesn't seem like that's the case here I, i mean what are your thoughts
1: Yeah, I mean it's uh, of course you know we uh, for those of us who've been uh, who've been to the region, you know we uh, we know it's it's a different culture, Uh, and this of course staging a global event in Qatar would be different than if you hosted in Germany. Uh, uh, First of all, uh, I think um, Germany is a country that had
0: um, you know is not a
1: new player on the on the football scene. Um, Qatar in Asia is not either but on the global football scene uh, definitely uh, um, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely a young uh, it's definitely a young football nation uh, of course uh, different sort of fandom um, at the same time I think there is there's a number of things uh, and we'll talk about some of the critical aspects of course yeah. uh, but I want, I want to start with the positives I mean first of all I don't think just because you know uh, we're English we're Germans or we're uh, we we Nigerians, and so we have a special spot on the uh, on the football on the global football map. Uh, we have our history, of course, but uh, you, you know, you, you mentioned uh, a global party, so uh, I mean, you know, the likes of Qatar uh, should have the right to uh, to of course be part of that uh, uh, that party as well and host it. Uh, that's for sure. Um, one thing, uh, the other thing, what is um, what is a bit more critical is that. Um, things that there are certain parts of the um, I would say the application process for uh, for a World Cup uh, that are different now than uh, uh, than at a period when Qatar uh, got the rights to host uh, the World Cup, and I think if the standards were applied today, um, yeah, they would have been uh, it would have been tougher on the pure technical. Side of things, which now, of course, include also environmental issues, human rights issues, etc. Yes. So, um, but for those of us who uh, you know have been have been around, um, you know, also I think the the um, the Qatari sort of environment, uh, you notice that it the uh, the football World Cup and hosting the football World Cup has allowed um, Qatar to progress or to fast forward some reforms that were, were slow in happening. So you know Qatar used the World Cup very cleverly uh, to basically push back on some resistance, also internal resistance to, um, uh, to some reforms. So it was a reform the reform minded part of uh, uh, let's say of the, of the, Q- of the Qatari community, uh, greatly benefited from the World Cup and used the uh, the World Cup to push through uh, some reforms in an effort to make uh, yeah Qatar a uh, a truly a global player on many different fronts, not just uh, not just in sports. Uh, but of course, you cannot change um, you cannot change uh, you know a, a culture where basically you know we all know of course Islam uh, you know doesn't allow the, uh, the consumption of uh, of alcohol, which for me myself I I, I don't uh, you know. I wouldn't say that that's the um, you, you started off with uh, you know basically saying that a global party should allow people to uh, uh, should allow people to drink. But uh, I, I personally I still think I mean if if I was ever running an organization like FIFA, I would try and uh, basically get uh, get rid of any alcohol sponsored because it's it's about sports, it's about a healthy way of life. Um, and uh, at one point, you have to you have to draw the line between your commercial interests and your i say, what what you're all about. And I think uh, in football we still have way, we still have ways to go when it comes to uh, uh, when it comes to that. Whereas other sports uh, have basically taken a tougher a tougher stand on that. Um, what I hope we will see um, is that, of course, um, you know it's a party within its own uh, in its own way. I mean, every host has got his, uh, his challenges. I mean, I remember in Brazil, 2014, uh, there were social unrests, uh, you know, before uh, before the World Cup, during the World Cup. So would you say, was it an ideal place to host the World Cup? Uh, you, you know, uh, uh, maybe not at that time. Um, you know, in South Africa, there were other issues, uh, there were other issues as well. So each, uh, I'd say almost each host has got, uh, has got his range of issues um but of course now in uh, the in qatar you've got a whole bunch which has sort of uh, come together and has really put qatar in the spotlight and i would say almost um yeah i mean i'm, I'm actually looking forward to the world cup to start so we can actually talk about uh, also football a little bit because uh, i have to say even myself i've been distracted uh, i'm looking less at the football groups uh, but uh, at the groups of the world cup and i'm reading more about all the things around uh, around the World Cup. And this, um, I think, much more than than it was in the past. So I'm actually looking forward to getting on with the game and starting to, uh, yeah, to see whether, you know, this is actually going to be the most beautiful World Cup, not just because it's Qatar, but just because the quality, uh, you know, hopefully improves every four years in terms of the actual game.
0: Yeah. Do you think it's a, it's a function of... um. Okay, so if you count the last three World Cups, right? So we have Qatar right now. We had Brazil. No, sorry. We had Brazil 2014, right? And -hmm. after Brazil, we had um, Russia Russia, and then Qatar. And prior to Brazil, it was South Africa, right? Um, Do you think it's a function of the global media when a World Cup is being held in a non-Western country? They tend to try to pick up on all the other stories outside of football. So for instance, in South Africa, they talked about the crime and the transportation not being ready in Brazil. I remember Dilma Rousseff, she got a lot of heat for the stadiums. And like you said, social unrest in Russia, there were tons of complaints that came up about going to Russia and whether or not it was ideal. And now in Qatar, we have a lot of these stories coming up. I think there was one country that I think was Australia that said they were considering boycotting the games because of uh, workers' issues and human rights abuses. So do you think when a certain country hosts the World Cup, it becomes a kind of conversation about everything else that may, people may be concerned about in that country outside of the World Cup? outside of football itself
1: I mean let's remember Australia was one of the countries that was uh, running against Qatar
0: right um,
1: so <laughs> so obviously now uh, you know that's um, um, you know I think there's still some sour grapes there as well and of course the, yeah. uh, the the US at the end was between the US and Qatar and Qatar got uh, uh, got, got the extra votes uh, the extra votes needed but I think that's um i think that uh let's put that aside let's uh, focus on the question that you asked whether you know the western uh, the western media would be highly critical of any host which is outside of the traditional sort of uh, hosting uh, hosting community right. i think yeah. this reflects this reflects a little bit of our western arrogance um you know uh we still um, i don't know i mean we we have our we, we have our principles i mean not I even switzerland you know fantastic country um, uh, you know, education is uh, is taken for granted. Uh, the fact that although you know we're uh, y- you know there's a war, and I mean I had a discussion actually yesterday with uh, uh, with someone uh, that they got a bit heated. Uh, you know, I was like, why do do should my taxpayers' money go into protecting Ukraine um, when when there's? I said, well, yeah, because uh, uh, I mean if you don't block. an an invasion, um, you know, I mean, uh, the invading power may get a bit too close to you, you know, I mean, you're you're two borders away from the world, you realize that. Um, And, and and apart from that also, I mean, the the global consequences from food crisis, energy crisis, um, uh, just to mention, uh, just to mention a few. Um, So I think we sometimes have the, um, you know, there's a bias and there's, uh, there's still the, inability, uh, although, uh, you know, with digital technology, we can, of course, be connected across, I mean, we're talking, you're in Canada, I'm, I'm sitting here in Switzerland, um, d- you know, that's, um, the distance is uh, is basically non-existent, as if you're sitting next to me, like, uh, you know, like, like, like we did uh, t- uh, some 20 years ago, um, but um, I still think mentally, in terms of principles, the gaps are still, uh, the gaps are still there, and it's, um, I think, the likes of us who are able to see things a bit more globally and will not, uh, you know, up, apply the lens from our own culture but are able to recognize that there's another lens on the other side which is as important and, yeah, I would say as pertinent and as should be respected as our own lens. I think there's still, still, we're almost still in the, minority, in the minority, I think. You know, so, uh, I mean, of course, I have my views on uh on 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 many things uh you know but uh, i i also live in a different context um you know i mean that's um and i think there is a very strong western bias of course um i mean uh you know i I'll, i come from the field from the field of development where you know uh we're trying very hard that economic development does not mean applying european principles to beneficiaries uh in uh, you know in developing parts of Africa for example, but it's about understanding what the what the issues are and trying to facilitate local solutions uh, and that is uh, that that's a big step away from what development used to be in the past where you know it's about bringing Western technologies, Western ways of doing things into a context which may not fit. And I think when, it, when you start talking about football, which is the world's most popular sport, which polarizes like no other, no other sports, um, you know, even when somebody tells me, oh, I don't like football, I don't even watch it. By, by saying that, you know the person cares
0: about football. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, well, why are you getting so wound up, man? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, why, why are you taking it so personal? <laughs> it's just <laughs> yeah. the game.
1: <laughs> exactly, you know, because he's still sour uh, that he himself, you know, he was he was a shit player when he was younger. <laughs> that, that still bothers him. <laughs> so that's the power of football, you know. It it touches yeah. everyone in one way or the other. And uh, I definitely do think there is a strong Western bias, and I would say still, uh, still an arrogance uh, that uh, you know um, Western media dominates, and uh, and that would channel a lot of uh, a lot of the, uh, the critiques let's go let's face it. let's go you, you go to Asia uh you go to Africa you go to uh, um, or even parts of Latin America you will not feel the same amount of uh critique towards uh, towards Qatar and of course I sit in Switzerland and uh, I'm German myself and uh, I, I, I I'll be the first to say that we have a certain we have a certain arrogance when it comes to thinking that our principles are above the others as as right as they may be in a, a in a global uh, in a, in a global in a global context but then let's allow people to talk about it very openly and if uh, you know people say look i also want to host the event that you've hosted um you know let's uh, let's let's see this let's embrace it as a chance of getting it right um and the only, the one thing i going back to qatar the one thing i hope is that the drive for reform um, you know, and people are saying that, oh, now with, uh, yonder know, the human rights fronts, of course, there were some, there were some improvements. Um, the, uh, the kafala system had, has been abolished on paper, but, you know, in practice, it's still there. It's like that with any law. Uh, you know, any law that's been around for, uh, for decades, uh, centuries, you know, it will take time for the system, uh, for, for, for the law, the new law, the new, uh, the new system to gel with the reality. You know, because it's still the same people at the end of the day that are being governed by this uh, by this new law. So there's has to be education, uh, you know, ways of practices uh, that takes time. It doesn't just happen overnight. So obviously, uh, a movement of uh, you know eradicating a system that's been in place for so long that uh, and a movement that started two three years ago, um, you know, will take time. Will take time to gel, but it's a movement in the right direction. Um, and I think it will be also a um, the pooling, um, a way, it's an opportunity for the rest of the region, uh, which may be struggling with some of the, uh, yes, with some resistance of uh, for, for reform as well. So um, I, I, I generally I do see it overall uh, uh, quite positively. Now, I'll be the first to tell you that I don't feel the same vibe around the World Cup uh, as if it was, you know, held in the traditional European summertime. Uh, that's just because, you know, for example, it would be much more difficult for me to take days off to watch the World Cup, whereas in the past, you know, I would try and schedule my summer vacation around the World Cup so I can watch four, four games a day. I can't do it this time because it's crunch time. It's crunch time at work, um, you know. But I, um, you know, there's a small time difference issue, but that's something the American, uh, the Americas have been, you know, uh, dealing with every time, um, every time. Um, a uh, World Cup was held either in Europe, Africa, or Asia, and I remember the 2002 World Cup in uh, Japan and Korea. You uh, know, it, it was yeah. I mean, you, you have to skip class, uh, morning class, to, uh, to to watch a game, right? If you're yeah. uh, if you're sitting in Europe. Um, so generally, I do feel there is uh, yeah. Of course, I would. Uh, um, I w- yeah, I I do feel also that uh, you know there's there's not that same enthusiasm also coming from me as a. Total football aficionado, because you know on this uh, on this walk I think the fact there's been so much discussion on things, uh, but the actual football um, side of things has uh, has definitely dampened the mood a little bit. That's uh, yeah.
0: that's for sure. And and I and I kind of want to jump into the football as well. But but you know, speaking about that, about talking about other things outside of football, mm-hmm. there's been this huge clamor to get iran banned from the world cup because of the recent issues in the country and recently i saw uh your former best friend said blatter come out and champion a ban of iran which i thought was interesting um you know but so it's and i don't know what it is maybe it's virtue signaling at this point maybe it's you know uh you get a large platform when you're able to do certain things you know, on the eve of the, you know, uh, biggest tournament in the world. Um, I'm not exactly sure what it is. I mean, because if it's the, if it's the worker issues, uh, human rights abuses, my goodness, there's enough to go around on this planet that you can, That's right. <laughs> you can champion, That's right. you know, let's start with most of the products we use are made by workers in appalling conditions. Um, That's right. but These same people still buy those products. So. I don't know. I mean, what do you make of the Iran situation, and especially the former FIFA boss uh, coming out to say that they should be banned from the World Cup? Yeah, I mean, I, um, he, I'm, I'm not sure he, w- he would speak that openly
1: about it if he was still, uh, you know, of course, running <laughs> running FIFA. Now it's a, it's a, I think also an easy um, it's, it's an easy thing to say off the cuff. Um, I would be, uh, I mean, like like you right, like like you said, of course, the current situation in Iran. Is um, is uh, is extremely, uh, is uh, yeah, is one that is one that has to be watched extremely, extremely carefully to see how it unfolds. Um, at the same time, by banning the uh, the national team of Iran, um, are you really, you know, are you really setting us um, sending a signal against the government of Iran? Or are you, uh, you know, uh, or are you actually just uh, hurting the people uh, who may be, uh, you, you know, in a, in a desperate situation may actually, um, yeah. I mean, what, the one thing that I've always seen in football, having lived in some of the poorest part of the world, uh, during 90 minutes, you provide people a little bit of uh, some joy, you know, some pride. You know, uh, which goes beyond the government. You know, that's uh, you know, it's your, your your national identification. You know, and which you know overcomes uh, p- political uh, political lines and uh, and rivalries. Uh, like during football, yeah, you all united uh, behind your team, uh, and then afterwards you go back and you you argue again. And I think um, by banning a country uh, like like Iran, you would. You'd remove that uh, that spark for um, for the for the Iranian population. Um, yeah. You know, I I at least those are into football. And I mean, how much are you going to hurt the government uh, by by banning uh, the country? It's a signal that's going to be, that's going to land on deaf ears anyway. Um, so I don't I, I I see that a bit more different a bit more di- uh, differentiated. And like you said. Uh, If we're starting to look at the list of things that uh, you know you could basically use as a as a reason to ban uh, a certain country from playing, I mean that yeah, you you'd have an empty World Cup.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, hundred percent, and and it's um it's interesting uh, the the entire thing, And, and a lot of times you try to focus strictly on the game, but just in a. It's different circumstances and not just for football in a lot of different sports, the social aspects and social issues, somehow find their way into it, especially these days where people try to use the fact that this event is happening. A lot of eyes on are on this event. They try to use that opportunity to, to uh, bring forth their agendas or their concerns, whatever it may be, for whatever reason. Um, So it's it's interesting, but this is this is going to be a special World Cup. Um, But moving into the football side, I don't know if you've been following the different leagues in Europe Mm -hmm. and and what's going on, you know, with different leagues, Champions League, going into this World Cup in in November. It's from my perspective, it seems different. Mm -hmm. It seems there's there's a lot of concern about injuries, more so than. If it was being held in the summer, um, we saw recently Sadio Mane is out, which is a big blow for Senegal. Um, you know, that, that might really affect their, their, their chances of getting past the group stages. You know, what are your thoughts about that? Um, and then after the World Cup, a lot of these guys have to go right back um, into the league, especially for those countries that don't have a winter break. Um, what yeah, what, I'm, what I'm, do you think, yeah?
1: I'm so glad you mentioned this because when is the African Cup of nations that's being held in January uh, everybody jumps up and down and says it's the uh, it's a worse idea uh, uh, in, in sporting history and uh, why should uh, African players leave their top clubs in uh, in Europe uh, for uh, for a couple of weeks uh, get hurt get hurt on uh, uh, on less than optimal pitches and then come back uh, and then come back to the European clubs now it's the World Cup, and uh, basically uh, club calendars worldwide have been, uh, have been shifted to make it to make it happen. And uh, uh, and any res. I say, if there is a way, if on the sporting side of things, if there is a critical uh, element that one has to look at, it is exactly precisely that: is that this moving that World Cup to the uh, uh, in order to accommodate it uh, for yeah. climatic conditions uh, make it more uh, uh yeah, make it healthier for players to play in decent uh, in decent temperatures and uh, not to have uh, air conditioned uh, uh, stadiums with all uh, 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 which is highly unsustainable from an environmental perspective, um, you actually put all these players at an additional stress and additional risk of uh, uh, of injuries. So I think that is the biggest from a sporting perspective, I think that is one of the if not the biggest element that one has to discuss and take seriously uh it put it puts um i think maybe also that's one of the reasons why yeah are, are you there i think we've got yeah, of... yeah 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 i
0: lost you for a quick second you're back
1: so and i'm just saying that i think this is the element that um you know one should really uh, should really discuss uh in more depth because i think it also rubs. It rubs up on other things, such as I think my own um motivation to follow this world cup is because you're watching we're watching Bundesliga and then uh, almost a week later we're you <laughs> you're, you're we're in the World Cup. Uh, you know, and you can see how also the frequency of the games has been squeezed. They started earlier in the summer. Um and, and I think the injuries that you see in Xavier Manez, is it's it's probably not a coincidence. It's also because um, yeah, the, uh, it's already an extremely packed, uh, uh, you know, competition calendar for the top games uh, for the top teams in particular, uh, and now you're 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 pressuring that even more. And that the health of the players still gets, I think, a very minor role in these discussions. I mean, it's people like us who discuss it. But have you seen yeah. have you seen an article from these Western media, like you said, uh, which focuses on that element in depth? with empirical evidence and none. It's all about yeah, the human rights issues, about not, uh, uh, not creating spaces for enough alcohol. Um, it's not going to be the fan fest because it's in Qatar, blah, blah, blah. No, but where the real issues are, I think, from a sporting perspective is exactly that. Um, that it's probably, uh, it's putting players um, yeah under extreme stress. Of course, they'll go. I mean, they're players. You know, I mean, remember when, uh, you know, we were both, uh, sort of athletes at one point you know you, you you want to play at all costs yeah yeah if yeah. they ask you to play four times a week you will you know with, yeah. uh, and you don't think of you you will go even injured into the uh, uh, in, into the game so that's uh, so it's not up to them to decide but they're being put I think in a very very difficult uh, very 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 difficult position and I think that's a uh, that's a big big risk factor of this uh, uh, of, of this particular World Cup
0: yeah how, how, how much do you think that affects? the the level of play in the World Cup and the, and the intensity of the competition because I was looking at the EPL for instance I think they still have their Christmas schedule going on mm. which is, which is disturbing right because you finish the World Cup and then boom you're right back during the holidays playing these matches I think they play Boxing Day and they play New Year's exactly. Um, but in the World Cup, how how much do you think this affects? Are we going to see a lower level of play that we typically are used to? I mean, I mean, I mean, challenge ch- challenge me, Bom, on that one. But I would actually
1: think, um, funny enough, uh, funnily enough, the quality may actually be better because usually when it's held in the summer. It's at the end, no, of a long, long season. season. It's, yeah, uh, you know, point. it's shortly after the Champions League final, so you know, for example, the German national team, if uh, yeah. you know, if Bayern Munich was playing the final, half of the team would have just come out of uh, you, you know a super long season. Whereas now it's half time. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, so, maybe they they might actually even be fresher. Um, I find with that what? Um, what may be the uh, uh, what is the problem is that they've intensified the number of games, and that uh, you know going to the World Cup, the the risk of injuries uh, you know might be might be higher. But I think the quality of the game may actually be uh, may actually be better because you're not at the end of a super long season; you're you're halfway. You no, know, mm-hmm. that's uh, so, so. I think I'll be more measured. I'll be more measured on uh, on that front. Um, but I generally do think, and that is uh, that is a trend that, uh, you know, the, uh, I mean, both FIFA and other regional confederations have to get under control is this explosions yeah. of competition, the explosion of, of games. And uh, not only does it, uh, I mean, we, we all know the, the motivation is first and foremost commercial, uh, yeah. you, you know. Uh, but then, you, you know, players are seen really as gladiators and basically, you know, you know, let's pay them even more so they go even faster, they train harder at our pleasure. As, uh, as consumers. So you come home after a long day of work, you open up your beer, you get fatter while the super uh, fit, fit guy, you know, gets paid more money for your own pleasure. Um, and, there, and there seems to be no limit to that. Um, you know, and that's, um, they, they just try to see where can I fit, you know, where's the free, where's the free couple of days where you can fit again, another competition, rebrand it again, add more teams to it. Um, you know, make it explode even further. Um, whereas on the sidelines, uh, doctors have been ringing the alarm bells for uh, for years, and they're not being heard at all in these uh, in these discussions. And I think, um, particularly when it comes to the amount of football games, uh, I think less is more. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, uh, you know. I mean, I give you also an example. When you look at Champions League. I mean, I remember when the first when the first rounds of the games were already the Bayern Munich versus Ajax Amsterdam versus Paris Saint Germain. The Champions League was on from day one. Now, Charlie, you have to wait until uh, until the semifinals, until you know you switch on the TV and watch because that's when it becomes really, really spicy and re- and really important. So I feel like you know by adding, uh, yeah by adding too many teams, too many, uh, too many games, you're actually watering down the quality um particularly for those who yeah who are really big fans of the game um you also know that you know, I mean, if, uh, you know football fans are very it's not a homogenous group you know if there are others who will watch no matter what what game their team plays or so they're going to follow and there's others who you know will try and, uh will try and, um, and and basically get their time um uh, you know the, the They'll, they'll spare the time uh, for, for for a good game and not just uh, not, not just for any game. So yeah. I do th- I do think less is more. And we have to we really have to start focusing on the quality more than the, uh, than the quantity of, uh, of of games. And I think that is a discussion which is very unbalanced and has been unbalanced for for I'd say five six years already.
0: So are you a fan of the increase in the number of teams after this World Cup?
1: I mean, I to be honest with you, uh, I am very much looking forward to the United World Cup, as it's called, uh, just because it's going to be a massive show, you know. And if there's, uh, you know, just a set of countries that can that can host such a massive yeah. event, yeah, it would be those three. So, there, so it's really, I think, it's a fun, that would be a fantastic, um, uh, a, a fantastic event. Whether it's the formula for every single World Cup going forward, or you're going to have to have, to have 48 teams. I'm uh, yeah, I'm a bit more skeptical. Um, you know, that's uh, I just have to say. I mean, with, even when when there were less uh, uh, less teams in, um, in the in the World Cup, the the, the quality wasn't wasn't necess- wasn't always uh, that great. I remember the Italy World Cup was uh, uh, is one of those at a technical level. Other people say it was quite low uh, in terms of quality. In terms, of, you, you know, to, to follow it. Um, so let's uh, let's see. I'm, I'm open to the idea. See what it uh, uh, what it does, but I do fear that again you have to wait until quarterfinals until most people start switching on their TVs uh, to then say, okay, now the World Cup has started. And if that yeah. is a, if that is the reaction, then it's a, then it was definitely a mistake.
0: Yeah, and, and and you're echoing um our, our co-host is not here today, but uh, Mike, who's his, your namesake, his name is also Mike, who's always here. That's one of his uh key points he makes is that you know like come on, like no one wants to see, for instance, uh, no offense to Mozambique, but Mozambique qualifies for the World Cup and they have to play Romania, you know um you're not going to see people getting excited to watch that game. Um, so he he's he and I go back and forth on this, but he's of the argument that. That's, that's uh, what's the point of increasing uh, the number of I
1: think if, if there had been a technical study that was presented, you know, in a through a global consultation among, you know, the technical people of the game and, you know, people would have clearly identified the value added from a development perspective, from a technical perspective of, uh, of basically increasing the, the number to 48 teams. And then, yeah. of course, you know that, of course, your commercial benefits and political benefits as well. Uh, but now, I think it's been sort of, you know, it's. Uh, I think that order has been reversed. First was, uh, look, we need to make more money. Uh, let's uh, let's let, let's get, um, you know, more teams and uh, let's get more teams into the uh, uh, I- I- into the arena. Um, More teams means more federations who think they have a chance of qualifying for the World Cup. So we will support, of course, the FIFA politically uh, because we get a chance of uh, of being on the stage. There's going to be more money for everybody, etc. I think that was the prior that was the prime motivation. Um, Whether you know, um, now now I'm also I am at the same time I, I am a strong believer that if your country participates in the World Cup, it gives football a boost in your country even if it's temporary you know but for that moment you know kids um, go crazy uh, yeah. about football there is an increased hype around the game and hopefully in participation in the in the game as well um so i do think there's a, a there is a link there of course and uh, and of course that the federation that participates gets more money that it can invest into football development yes these are all, these are all valid arguments but these should have presented first and foremost as the argument for increasing the number of teams, um, and I, I, and I think that was um, if if that did happen, it was probably not communicated uh, enough around it. Um, and that's, yeah, I think these these results, of this evidence, and these empirics were not uh, were not presented in a uh, uh, in a manner that satisfies uh, I think the football aficionados like uh, like you and me. So, um, I, so again, I, I think the next one, the, the United World Cup, is uh, will be a big show. Um, whether it's the model going forward, and every single World Cup has to be of that size, uh, I, I think this uh, it shouldn't be a fixed, uh, it shouldn't be a fixed model. I think we should reevaluate afterwards and see whether we can make it more manageable. Because now, what that means now is that you're only it's always going to be a mega event uh you know going forward with sustainability uh issues you know pe- uh, teams having to travel um you know a- 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 across continents uh to play games etc while at the same time we're trying to fight climate change right so these are all elements that have to be
0: uh that have to be considered no it's a, it's a really good point and and like you said i'm curious to see how that whole change plays out um the competition part is just one aspect, uh, like you mentioned that, uh, we'll look at, but then there are a lot of different aspects that come into play, um, including in the qualification series. That's right. Um, and I, and I don't, in know, in a country, in a country, like in a continent, like South America, where you already have a very limited number of countries and they play kind of like a round robin, you know, if you're increasing the slots, then that's competition. We typically saw, you know, it doesn't it gets watered down? It's not as a competitive. To um, and I don't know, I don't know, I don't know the answer to it. But you know, the great minds at FIFA <laughs> seem to seem to know or think that this is a good thing. But the one thing you spoke about is development, and this is something that you and I care about, and um, you've also worked intimately on uh, when you were part of that organization. Um, as this World Cup draws near. We all know that teams get um, financial compensation from FIFA uh, for qualification, and um, when that financial compensation comes through, are there conditions attached to it for development? How, or is it entirely up to the federation to decide whether or not they decide to use a certain amount? You know, how how does that how does that whole process work out? I mean, I, I, when you put that
1: aside, now the, the financial volumes. Uh, I've been out of the organization for a while, so I'm not sure what uh, what that is now that uh, that each team uh, receives. But you know, it, it was it was around five six million um, per uh, uh, per participating team. I think already back in 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the rationale was that by participating in a World Cup, you know, your your financials are going to be stretched. Uh, you know, you're gonna to have to organize camps. You're gonna to have to, yeah, pro- professionalize even further. So that is why you get compensated uh, for it. Um, and I think that's uh, that, that, that's only fair. That you, you know, you're going to be uh, you, you, you get compensated so that you're not gonna get stressed financially. And I mean, of course, countries like uh, I would say Germany don't need it. Uh, but if you're, uh, yeah, if you're, you're, you're yeah, even even Cameroon, if you if you, if you qualify, you will need you, you'll need certain financial help. Uh, to, to have to basically come as prepared as uh, as any other teams i think mean, that was the logic um now um there is no there, there's no specific conditions that are uh, that are attached to uh, uh, to that compensation there's definitely no development uh, because it's, uh, it's the motivation difference is not to it's not to promote development it's to help you prepare for the work that was uh that that's the that's the um, that's the rationale for that uh for that money you well, know now there are uh, there are ample other opportunities uh to boost development and and, uh, and i think that's where we can have a long discussion of whether that money um that uh you know fifa gives to uh, its member associations for development forward uh, for the forward program is that enough money is th- does that program have the necessary oversight, the capacity uh, from a management perspective to make sure the money does go into development? I think this is where um, you know I would have question marks. Um, you know, so it's less about the money that they get to uh, uh, to to be participating in World Cup, is much more generally whether you know the the football development system as such coming out of FIFA is equipped so that development returns are actually uh, the, are actually met.
0: Okay, so the, the, and I see your point, so that, that, that amount of money is geared towards helping them prepare and all the logistics and expenses that they would typically not incur had they not qualified. They have exactly. to incur now. So in that same regard, does that apply to the bonuses? And uh, we, we know about this, you and I know about this very well. Um, and the issues around bonuses, Um, is that money, because federations get that money, uh, without calling out any federation, (laughs) some federations get that money, but then players complain about not getting the bonuses, is the understanding that FIFA has given that money for logistics, but yes, at the same time, to also cover whatever bonuses are paid, because the bonuses are depend are de- determined by the federation, right? How much exactly? Yeah.
1: No, it's, yeah, yeah, There's no. It doesn't mean because you qualify that you should get a bonus. Uh, you yeah. know, that's not. Uh, uh, that, that's at the discretion of the federation to to do so. And I think, uh, particularly, uh, you know, in the context that, uh, that you and I know very well, these yeah. bonuses come up because there is this frustration that the federation gets the money doesn't do enough. Uh, with the money that instead of going to the team's preparation, it goes into the the pockets of officials. So the players, you know, feel that this is a moment to vent and to say and to actually claim for uh, uh, for higher bonuses uh, or or to have the bonuses because they they're the ones who qualify the team, you know. Um, so that's uh, so 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 I get that, and I I do think if the federations were more professional, uh, yes. if uh, if the benefits the development benefits um, from the work of the federations are clear, there would be less pressure on the bonuses, uh, because that's, I mean, most uh, today uh, players in the, you know, the Ghanaian national team, Cameroonian national team, I mean, they're making so much money already, they're all playing in top leagues, you know, what yeah. that, that little extra bonus from participating in a World Cup is not going to make a huge difference. Uh, you know it yes. was the thing it was slightly different than uh, 94 uh 98 um you know uh 2002 but then uh, or I would say 2006 for the likes of togo uh because uh, we all know at that time togo had uh, they had one one player played in the English Premier League, uh, Emmanuel Adebayor. Adebayor, uh, yeah. Yeah, and the, the others played in. Uh, well, s- some played uh, uh, also in decent leagues, but then it was a big bunch of them that played in amateur leagues as well. And for them, it was the one opportunity to actually see a bit of money, and knowing very well that the Tuvalis Federation at that time was anything but professional. So, <laughs> I, I
0: remember, I remember that World Cup very well. Yeah, and it, and it's 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 interesting because. Um, I can just tell you, like, I haven't talked to different people from certain federations. You you hear of um, federation presidents using the allocation money to strengthen their political standing within the country by flying people out to the World Cup, putting them in five-star hotels, taking care of family and friends, you know, fulfilling several calls from politicians, business interests, you know, whatever the case may be, they use that money to take care of all those things. Um, Yes, they allocate a little bit of money for logistics and all that. But, you know, they're like, okay, this is an opportunity. Let's use it to try to bolster our standing. So that way we can get reelected and continue to keep the seat. Um, As a matter of fact, I know from certain sources that during election, during federation elections. uh, It's one of the promises made to some of the people that cast their ballots for who becomes the next federation president. Um, But then, like you said about the case of Togo, with those players that play in amateur leagues um, who are looking forward to some level of compensation uh, and don't get it, um, there are a couple of questions that come to my mind. One is, okay. Let's assume that you're entitled to some level of compensation for your time in the World Cup. How do we calculate that level of compensation? What standard are we using um, to determine how much you should get paid? Um, And my guess is you're getting paid per game or you're getting paid per hours trained, including time in the game. You know, what are your thoughts about that? I've never really seen anyone make a compelling argument to say okay your togo uh the average salary or per hour rate in togo you know are you using that rate because if that is the rate most of these players won't even show up or are you using um some international rate to determine what they would get paid or are you using what they typically would earn at their clubs because if you did use that the players like or you won't be able to afford them. Um, you know, what are your thoughts about that? About, yeah.
1: No, no but I think there's, um, that goes back to a sort of solidarity principle that FIFA has had for a long time when it came to financial compensation. So, for example, the, uh, um, the amount of money that each federation gets through FIFA Forward. Um, so what used to be called like the gold programs the financial assistance programs of FIFA, which have been sort of repackaged and rebranded as, uh, as FIFA Forward, forward under, uh, under Infantino. It's the same for every single Federation. So um, Montserrat gets as much as China, uh, which gets as much as Cameroon, gets as much as Switzerland. Obviously, that makes no sense at all. Um, but that's how, that's how it's always been. Um, it, it's not. Be, I mean, what? Uh, and this goes back to what I said: the capacity to do proper development um, in these organizations um, has. They haven't really invested in that capacity because no. then such a system would not be. Uh, wouldn't be around because then there'll be a targeted system. Based on the on the country's needs, based on the country's circumstances. I mean, Montserrat that has no place to fit in another stadium right now. Yeah, yet they're getting money for infrastructure. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. and I remember in, Ma- uh, in 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 Macau, for example, the problem was: look, I do we don't need another pitch. We don't have any space in Macau for another pitch. We have to think of maybe having them on rooftops and like you know. So don't give us money for football pitches. Give us money for something else. Uh, but these yeah. discussions these discussions and these uh, um, that thought process uh, is um, I think is actually lacking in um, yeah, like, yeah, the like of FIFA development programs for sure. Uh, and that goes back to to your same question. Of course, I do think that a, there should be a much more, uh, yeah, uh, a much more evidence-based contextualization um, standards uh, of how much countries uh, uh, countries do get. Uh, be it through the the, the football, uh, the World Cup compensation, or um, or at least in terms of uh, yeah, in terms of the development the development programs, um, you know, or at least you know you should you know the money should go to the regional confederations and the regional confederation then decide which country gets what and uh, you know and I think it goes down it goes back also to a problem which has been inherited in uh, which has been around in FIFA too. There's just way too much money in football, you know. I mean. And also, it comes with the image. Uh, you know, people want to be—they uh, want to sit, sit on the on the FIFA council because it's—you know—you get in top-class uh, flight tickets. If you, I mean, you're gonna you're going to stay at five-star. It tells you getting a lot of money to be sitting on the FIFA council. I mean, you look at the International Olympic Committee, which has its own issues. But if you go to Olympics, uh, the big shots uh, of the IOC and, and the members—they walk around in polo shirts. They get transported in uh, in normal buses, not in limousines. It's a much more down to earth. It's about the sports first, you know. I mean, you know, of course, you know that the uh, um, the principle of uh, of olympicism is it's amateur sports. It's about participating. Uh, in sports and FIFA has been very di- uh, football has been very different. Like there's always been a bit about the money. It's very pompous. It's uh, you know uh, you've got football officials sitting in boardrooms and in suits and ties. I mean, come on, what is this? Uh, you, you know, we talk, we're talking sports here. Um, you know, and I think that is uh, um, hopefully a one one day there'll be a leadership uh, that's going to eradicate all that. Uh, I think that system. And that approach to uh, to beta, uh, to football and bring it back to to sports and that and then even development money is not going to be politicized anymore. Uh, you know, you're going to move away from the what you call solidarity principle, which which sounds, of course, like the right thing to do, but you, you know, it's nonsense if China gets as much money as Montserrat, as much money as than South Africa when their needs are completely different.
0: Different, yeah, no, hundred percent. And 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 the thing is, um, for the for the player salaries. In a World Cup, right? Do you think FIFA should create a standard? Um, because there seems to be this issue, right? So, for instance, in Brazil, the Ghanaian players threatened to sit out games because they weren't compensated. Um, how do they determine how much the player should get paid? Um, yeah, it, it's I, I haven't seen anything. Correct. Correct me if I'm wrong. <clears throat> yeah, but I have but a yeah, that. Says,
1: you know, yeah. it's at the discretion of the federations again. You know, and and there it is also this. Um, I mean, you, in principle, you shouldn't get paid for playing for, for playing for your national team. It should be an honor. Uh, to do so And uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, because there's, there is so much money around. Um, you know, uh, they know that the the officials are getting tons of money through um, whatever sort of uh, uh, bonuses and compensation that should go into the team, uh, so that the team doesn't, um, you know, d- 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 <laughs> doesn't stay in uh, in crappy hotels and stuff. but the fact that it is not happening, you know, of course, uh, you, you know, enrages players, uh, particularly the ones that are being treated unfairly. You're not going to have that discussion in Germany, I can tell you that. You know, first of all, the players yeah. don't to making enough money. Of course, they're going to get a bonus if they make it to the quarterfinals, semifinals. It's it's a, it's it's a reward for their performance, but it's not a salary. You know, they're making enough money in the clubs, um, you know, but you also do know that, um, I mean... Most of the money uh, that the German Football Federation puts into football actually lands in the development of the game and not in the in the pockets of uh, of officials. And unfortunately, in the uh, you know in the context that you and I know very well, that doesn't uh, that doesn't always happen. and you don't see you don't see the, uh, the you, you don't see that the development returns. You know that the money uh, you know until it reaches you you know the outskirts of Kanu for uh, uh, for a football pitch. It will have gone through a number of pockets, and uh, you know, at the end, a tsunami ends up into one drop uh, for football development uh, to where it's actually most uh, most needed. And I think that is uh, um, that that is the problem. And at the same time, also, you know, that's, uh, uh, it's, that that is a topic that has been, I think, a little bit abused because it's misunderstood. They're saying, oh, you know, particularly when it also comes to um, uh, the rewards for women's football. To say, oh, uh, men, uh, men players uh, have higher salaries for playing the national team than than, than the women counterparts. Women. Well, yeah, yeah but, yeah, but there's no salary for playing in the national team. No, there's no salary, you know. And uh, that's uh, and it's up to the federation to to make sure that uh, the benefits to support women's football are the same. You know, that you invest equally, if not more, because you want to make up a gap. So it's about what you put in the structure. What uh, what opportunities do you provide for girls to participate, and to uh, are they the same as for uh, for men? I think that is that is the issue. And once you have that uh, equity, then you know the financial compensation is going to be more equal as well. I mean, you see that in sports, where I think the the popularity of the women's game is, uh, you know, basically equal to the one. You know, look at tennis. You know, women's tennis and men's tennis, that's, uh, you know, they they both uh, enjoy a lot of popularity. Um, You know, and and this reflects, uh, is also reflected in the compensation. Um, So I think the discussion is a bit, uh, again, it's politicized and it it is a bit misled. Also because a lot of people don't understand the system, you know,
0: that's... um, Do you think we'll ever see a day where, not World Cup money, but development money, Mm-hmm. that's given to FIFA member states has uh, m- stronger oversight. Um, I think, is... uh,
1: you know, and, and there I would like to take the Olympic Solidarity Program as an example. Uh, the, it's so much more professionally uh, organized uh, and structured than, uh, let's say, FIFA development programs. Uh, you know, it really is a lot of investment in uh, in national Olympic committees, uh, in uh, in the way uh, the development money is spent, the monitoring, the you know. It's I, I still, um, I mean, I um, I honestly do believe uh, that there is uh, there is a lack of understanding of the importance of monitoring results. Um, in uh, you know in the global football system and particularly through FIFA and why uh, and why I say that is because they would see we have to check results because we're going to be audited financially yeah sure but that for me that's, that's just normal that you're going to be audited but okay. what you want to know is whether your money has reached a destination what impact it, ha- it, it has had you know and there's none that, that work doesn't take place uh, because the focus is on making sure you know the money gets there, uh, and I do think that the structures, financial oversight-wise, have improved for sure. This, uh, there are 100%. Also, because of the risks of uh, of having a negative audit, uh, y- you know the reputational risk, you know, are, are massive. So there, yes, I think the finan on the financial aspects, yes. In terms of the technical development return side of things. Um, it's uh, there is so much more work to be done. Uh, are we going to see? Uh, are we going to see a day that all that all depends who's going to be the next FIFA president? What sort of people is he going to bring? Uh, you know, I'm convinced, <laughs> Boma. If you, you know, for example, are sitting in a certain position that I know instead of some uh, some other person right there, different questions would be asked because yeah. your uh, your interests are not political. You actually. Be, you're just happy with what you with your salary. You're very proud to be working for FIFA. Now let's focus on making sure uh, that uh, we bring development uh, to uh, to to the federations that most need it. You know, um, and that also who we influence. I mean, let's face it. You know, their their FIFA's got a lot of power to influence who gets who sits on uh, on the various. Uh, yeah, in, on, the, on the leadership of the various federations. Yeah, sometimes it cannot yet, but it has its way ways of influencing. And if that influence is not political, but is actually based on development, um, you know, po- uh, development potential, and the, let's say the, the 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 political agendas and platforms, the programs that candidates bring forward, if that's the focus and not political alliances then you're actually talking about changing the system because right now the system is I'm going to support the president of this and this federation because that president is going to support me in my re-election. Not at all. But in terms of what are your development objectives for your federation, for your provinces, for your girls, for your boys, that discussion does not take place. Yeah, yeah and that, then... That is the sad and, truth.
0: Uh, what you said about political alliances, um you look at a continent like Africa, right? 54 55 countries, that's a huge voting block um, for whoever is campaigning to become FIFA president. Um, and if an oversight is created, it might create a lot of unhappiness with some federations on that continent, um, which may cost a lot of votes. So <laughs> that may be the reason why they're dra- dragging their feet on, you know, what do you yeah. think about that?
1: But I, there, I have to say, you know, it doesn't have to be like that. And and there, excuse me if uh, I'll be very, very critical of uh, of the current FIFA leadership. When the current FIFA president became president in twenty sixteen, yeah, he had, honestly, carte blanche to do whatever he wanted, or whatever he would have considered necessary to clean up. Right. Uh, and when I say clean up, like I said, I think in terms of compliance, in terms of financial management, things have improved. Yes, I definitely do think so. But there's so that's just one element. There's so much more. And with that money that FIFA has, uh, that the football system generates there's I mean, it's incredible what you could do. And this uh, and there FIFA is underperforming. The regional yeah. confederations are underperforming because there is this, uh, there is this. Um, uh, yeah, the, 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 the allegiances and the alliances are political. They're not based on, and this is something that he could have killed because the world was sick with FIFA in, in 2015, 2016. So he could have really overhauled the whole system, but he didn't do that. Uh, so it was, it was a massive missed opportunity, and now I don't think that opportunity is going to come up. So uh, unless there's going to be another scandal, another uh, sort of uh, explosion on the governance front, you know, which uh, you know I'm not I'm, I'm not sure it's going uh, I'm not sure it's going to happen. So I think it was that was the moment. To really completely revamp uh, revamp the system. Having said that, there are federations. There are some confederations which are doing a great job. I mean, uh, you know, um, most South African feder uh, South American federation are doing a great job. Uh, there's a number of um, uh, I think federations in Asia, for example, with very little limited means, are doing f- uh, fantastic things. So that's uh, so there are pockets. Uh, you know, there. But uh, I mean, we could do so much more, and that it starts. with yeah. it starts at the top.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah no. In facts. before before we go, quick. Though, so let's get back to the football. Who are you rooting for? Ghana, Germany, or Switzerland?
1: I will. You know what? I I, I just saw that, uh, two days ago Germany. Um, uh, uh, our coach Hansi Flick made the our uh, made the World Cup squad um, public. I am really impressed uh, with the choices he made. There were tough choices, and he managed to strike a balance, uh, which I think we haven't seen in a long time. Really?
0: Uh, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen the list. Who did the... Uh, is
1: is uh, on there? Sani is on there. We know that whenever Germany won the World Cup, we had a block striker up front, a, a, a hardcore number nine, that not doesn't necessarily play for 90 minutes, but when things are rough, he comes and makes a difference. In 2014, it was Miroslav closer. Closer,
0: yeah.
1: Right? And for years, we were struggling to have such a... Of course, the, the system was different, right? Uh, so, yeah, you had, uh, you had Werner, you had... Um, Harvard's these are all stripes, but they're not the you know the block in front, the type yeah, yeah, of the, yeah. the yakini type. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know yeah, what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Who you and it's it's rare to have that um, that play. We actually in the last couple of months have had a blessing because uh, there's a guy named Füllkrug, who plays for Werder Bremen. He's leading oh. the he's leading the scoring list right now in the Bundesliga. For years, the guy was struggling with injuries and never was able to play to his potential. This is the first time he's been injury-free for months, and he's outperforming uh, against all bets. But he's never played for the national team, and we're all praying, you know, that he gets a chance. And now he's in the team, and he's, he's wearing number nine. So that is great. Mukoko from uh, from Dortmund, 17 years old. People. Say, yeah, I, I know him. Yeah, he's good. Oh, I
0: like him. Yeah.
1: Should we take Mukoko? Should we take Fulkruck? you know different players what, what what did he do he find a way that he can
0: he can he can bring both, both
1: and, yeah. and honestly i think this is uh so I'm, I'm actually really excited uh also he's bringing Goetze. Um, and i tell you what you can say that okay Goethe hasn't played at a top level for um for, for many years only recently when he went to Eindhoven, he started playing again now he went back to frankfurt and honestly he's doing magic Uh, With Frankfurt, he's the gutsy that he was in 2014 with more experience. And let me tell you, if the guy who was brought on and scored the goal of the final of the World Cup to make Germany a world world champion, when he steps onto the pitch, people remember that. So that's going to happen. (laughs) That's going to have an impact. So the fact that he managed a way to bring those three guys in, you know, against different odds and resistances for me is extremely refreshing. I am. Um, I'm hyped. I'm hyped, and I. Uh, I think we're going to see a new face of Germany. A good face. Whether we win the World Cup, I don't know, but it's going to be a good. It's going to be a good team. It's going to, good it's going to play good football. Um,
0: yeah. Something Is maybe, is, is on is... there? Sorry. Rudiger. Rudiger is there, right? I'm not sure, actually. I hope. I hope they put Rudiger
1: on there. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy no, he, yeah no no he, he must be he must be he has uh no, yeah. no he must be who, who is who is not there hummus uh, no, yeah hummus was hoping that uh that he makes it um but I, it, for me it was those three new elements that are going to make uh uh yeah. one, one is a flash from the past and the other one, i think just two fresh uh fresh elements they can make a huge difference um you know yes. Yeah, as you know, when you have eleven players, uh, three players make uh, make a huge difference. Then, of course, I mean, I'm very curious to see. Uh, I mean, I was really rooting for Senegal uh, just because it's a fantastic generation right now. I yeah, mean, it is. Yeah, it is. So, uh, Sadio Mane not uh, not being there, or you know, maybe I, I think he's on the list, uh, but uh, you know, his injury is a real is a real blow. Uh, hopefully, I don't know whether he's going to come back. Let's uh, let's hope. Um, not just because you know I want Senegal to win over Ghana or whatever. No, but just because he's just a fantastic player and he deserves yeah, to be. He deserves yeah. to represent the African continent on the world stage. You know that is. yeah. Uh, yeah. Then we see you know Ghana. You know, yeah, I've got a, I've got a soft spot for Ghana, so I'm always going to uh, uh, to root for Ghana. They have an extremely tough group, you know, with Portugal, uh, Uruguay, yeah. uh, South Korea. I mean, that's uh, yeah. that's tough. How about yourself, though?
0: You know, Ghana knocked us out. So, but you know, the it, it, Nigerians we have a love-hate relationship with Ghana. Right, we yeah. hate them, we hate them on the continent, but we love them on the international stage. So, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, we support them. I, I'm excited about Cameroon. Huh? You know, um, yeah, yeah, because. Uh, did you see the, how they qualified with Algeria? That was... If I was if I bet on that game, I'd have lost all my money. Because, you know, Cameroon is... They're this enigma. You know, um, you can't quite understand them. You can't quite predict them. You know they have the talent, but you also know they have a history of underachieving. Um, fantastic players. Mm-hmm. Fantastic players. You know, very good athletes. What they did to qualify... Was highly impressive to beat an Algerian team in Algeria in a stadium they had never lost in for a very long time. A very good Algerian team, Riyad really nice. Mahrez, and um, that was very impressive. So I'm excited about them, but I'm cautiously excited because <laughs> I know Cameroon. No, 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 they have no, a no. they have they have a good goalkeeper. Yeah, fantastic midfield. Um, you know. Chupo Ch- Ch- Chupomoteng, he's on fire right now. The he's on football. fire. He's playing yeah. at the top level. Look, right. I'm I'm excited about them. I'm excited and, about them.
1: And you know, for me, honestly, Samuel yeah. Etc- Bersong, for me, they were they were like family, um, you know, some time back. And uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah. and they still are. I really I I hope I wish them all the best, the big successes. Rigobert uh, Rigo is under the heat. Uh, but I know he is in it with uh, blood, heart, and soul. Yeah. You know. Uh, so, so is of course, Samuel Eto, You know, um, being this, this, this young former player who got to be the president of the federation, uh, I think that alone deserves you know some some blessing from above to, to, uh, you know, to sort so of make it to the next round.
0: Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm excited about them, and like you said earlier, we know. Etoface is not doing this because he's trying to make money from the. field nah, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. We know
0: that, yeah, and we know his passion. We know the kind of personality he yeah. has. So it's um, it's exciting. I'm excited for them. I'm excited for Cameroon, and um, if they show up and they have this midfielder that plays for Napoli, mm-hmm. uh, he's amazing. Inguisa, yeah, uh, oh man, he's a fantastic <laughs> player. I, right, so I'm um, look. I'm I'm excited, but I know Cameroon. They've broken my heart so many times. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that part of me is like, okay, listen, just control your excitement a little bit and just let, let's see what happens. So um, so yeah, that's what it is. But uh, but Mike, listen, thank you so much, brother. Uh you and I we could talk for five hours non-stop. Yeah, um, definitely you no, know, I I'll be I'll be sending you messages during the World Cup um as we go through i am also i also like to watch germany just just because of you know how they play their football is always very interesting to watch very efficient and and the thing is i think they have a chip on their shoulder because they, they mm-hmm. haven't had they didn't have a good outing last time so um i'm, well, I'm, no. I'm yeah 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 we're, we're, we're gonna make it better we have just uh, it's
1: payback time and we're hot yeah
0: so. yeah well, yeah.
1: Obama, I really appreciate uh, you know this discussion, and uh, let's let's keep it rolling, eh? And, yes, uh, sir. And uh, yes, Canada, sir. I'm looking forward to Canada as well, but that's that's uh, for that's for a different, <laughs> for, a different uh, for a different discussion. Yeah, that's a looking... totally
0: different discussion. If they could get past if they can get past Croatia, I'm not giving them any chance against Belgium. But if yeah. they can get past Croatia, which maybe I don't know if that's possible because Croatian players are a little older, but they're still very good. You know, uh, yeah, so um, I don't know, we'll see, we'll see. All right, brother,
1: brother, you take care, huh? take care. All, All right. Bet.